0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Three O Seven Podcast. Well, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. First of all, I've been a I've been a little antsy here lately. Um, I'm trying to explain to my wife last night, in the when I was just hanging out around the house. You know, I'm trying to explain this to her, and we had we could do a whole podcast on just this, but literally. I have spent my entire adult life training and fighting as a warrior. Like, they literally took me and warped my mind, reshaped my mind into this thing that is a warrior, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, sometimes as a warrior, you just want to fight something. You just you just, you want to have something to fight against, right? If you got if you are a if you've been if this don't make sense to a lot of people, but if you have that warrior mind that has been like formed within you through this process that was SEAL training for me personally, um, if I don't have something to strive against, I'll go crazy, man. I gotta have something to strive against. You want to take some anger out, though. I well, I mean, look, man, I'm just, I'm ready to. You ain't wanting to strive against something. You wanting to actually put some damage on something. Well, I'm like, dude, I like to. I mean, that's just the way you it better is. Better not come around here
1: blowing up on me. You've seen a little. You've seen a little agitated lately.
0: Well, I've been mean, agitated. I, I'll tell you, man. I'm just. I tell you what. I'm always ready to go. You better not be bowing up around me. I know. I know. You done whooped me once. Well, uh... Tone it down, son. Look, man, we got a lot to talk about today. the, The meat of this podcast is going to be talking about, essentially, from a biblical perspective, should you... When should you... Or maybe when should you consider not submitting to the requests of your government. All right. So this is going to come from a couple of different places in the Bible, but we'll start in Romans chapter 13. And the reason that we're even talking about this is because we did an episode just a little while back called, uh, masking the image of God, which is all, you know, it was all about the mask mandates. I understand that you guys are sick and tired of hearing about the mask stuff but um, the reason that we're talking about it now is because i think that we're deep enough into this whole situation that we can actually have a conversation about it without freaking pissing half the world off right so we can have a nice conversation about this and talk through it and look at it from a biblical perspective and come to some conclusions based around this scenario that we've all been living in for the last year. So everybody settled down a little bit. That's why we're talking about it right now. But uh, when we did that episode, which wasn't a very popular episode, by the way, again, I think people are still a little bit offended by some stuff, but uh, one of our good friends, PJ, sent us an email. And I'll read through that email here in just a little bit. But essentially, PJ was saying, you know, Well, whatever. I'll read you the email. He was asking, hey, when these mandates come down, what about Romans 13? And so that's what we're going to talk through. Well, mask is what spurred this, but it can be applied to other things that the government, other mandates that they put in place. So this is not another mask video. No. This is about submission to your government. When is it okay to disobey and when are you to obey? That's right, yeah, and yeah, it can do. It can apply to broad spectrum things of yep. what what are what the powers that be are asking you to do. So that's the truth. Um, all right, that's what today's episode's about. For a little bit, a uh, lot of things are changing at Three O Seven Project. Okay, so I'm gonna bring you guys up to speed real quick. We've got Instructor Chili on the pod right now. Um, I, I'm hoping that Instructor Chili. Is going to be full time uh, with Three O Seven Project after today. Uh, we we we. I just. Uh, I'm assuming that Chili, are you going to be full time after today? He's hoping you're going to be after <laughs> yeah.
1: today. Well, that's the plan, man. <laughs> that's
0: um, the plan. You're probably hoping you're going to be too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we we haven't really. We 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 ha- this is our first. This is our first meeting. So. Uh, yeah, we figured we'd do it live here on the podcast, yeah. y'all. So we're bringing Instructor Chili on full time uh, to take care of some some pretty important aspects of Three O Seven Project, and also integrate into uh, everything that we do. Um, so welcome, Instructor Chili. Thank you. You Thank guys, you guys are going to be hearing Instructor Chili on the podcast, Lord willing, every Wednesday. Um, you guys, uh, he's, you're going to take over the apparel side of the house, right?
1: Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. So he's taking, already started.
0: Yeah. He's already got that up and running. We're bringing apparel back in house. We're going to do a lot of fun stuff with it. All right. And, and what we're looking to do is
1: what you want. Um, you know, we've got what we think is good our good ideas, but, we want to hear from you and, and hear what you want and what you would like to improve. Uh, and then we'll try to get that done.
0: Well, let me tell you a little bit about Instructor Chili real quick and why we brought him on. Um, here we go. I'm just looking here. I, you done signed up for a darn other race, Instructor Chili. Did you? Yep, yep. I'm looking right here. All I was right, keeping
1: l- that on the down low. Let me tell you all something um. about
0: Instructor Chili. Here we go. Endless miles, six hours. Overall placement, first place, 47 miles in six hours. Blue Ridge Ultra, first place. Stump Jump, fourth place. Lady of the Lake, eight hours, first place. Rebecca Mountain, 50 miler, first place. Uh, Ridge to Blazing Trail Race, overall, first place. Fort Frenzy Ultra Festival, first place. Um, Fort Frenzy ultra festival six hour first place Merrill's mile 24 hour race second place 124.76 miles in 24 hours Midstate mile fifth place river gorge trail race seventh mass execution elimination endurance challenge 12 hours first place fort yargo ultra first place memorial day trail run first place Sweetwater H2O, first place. Rabbit Raccoon, first place. Stump Jump, 10th place. Georgia Jewel, first place and course record. Still Hollow Trail Race, second place. Chattanooga Mountain Stage Race, first place. Chattanooga Mountain Stage Race, all stages, first place. Uh, River Gorge Trail Race, fourth place. All right, That's, that's why we're bringing Instructor Chili on, son. Uh, well, it goes much beyond he that, wins a that, lot of races that's <laughs> one of the reasons i'm saying that's that's where he he has proven that he's willing to put in the freaking work to be a winner and you know look when i look at a, a brother or a sister their physical their physical build and i look at this this resume here right this is all, this is physical stuff running but it's also, it tells me a lot about a person's freaking mindset, mm-hmm. all right? If you're going to perform at this level, first place, first, all the, look, if you're going to perform at this level, it tells me something about your mindset, all right? Chili's got uh, not only great physical ability, very strong mindset, but he also is, has a solid foundation uh, in Jesus, all right, so he's the director of Prophecy here at 307 Project. He runs the apparel side of the house. There ain't no telling what else he's going to do, all right? So there we go. Welcome, Instructor Chili. Hey, like I said, I'm excited. We're never going to say your name on the podcast, by the way. Don't tell You've people. already
1: said it three times, Chili.
0: Yeah, we're I, never going to reveal his real identity. I was laying down with Blakely the other night and I said, uh, "We got Chili coming out tomorrow now," and she said, "That's a funny name. What's his other name?" I said, "Cochran, Chili Cochran," and, and she said, "No, I mean like, what's his other name? What's said, his Christian name?" I said, "That's I it, baby. It's Chili Cochran." Yeah, I don't,
1: I don't know why people are always
0: looking for something else. What's wrong with Chili? Ain't nothing wrong with it, man. Not in my book. Um, so we're thankful. We're so thankful to be uh bringing instructor chili on board and i hope you guys enjoy uh getting to know him um there i I wanted to let y'all know about that i want to also let y'all know about youtube we're filming these podcasts and putting them on youtube and me and instructor chili are going to sit down after this conversation and film a special video for you guys and we're going to put it on youtube and it's going to be all about running shoes because that's probably the number one question that I get from people is what shoes to run in. So we're about to sit down and film a video for you guys that will be the last video you will ever have to watch about running shoes. And this is a no bull crap video because we're not sponsored by any running shoe company. So we're gonna tell you the good and the bad and the ugly and what we've settled in on as far as running shoes goes. So go check us out on YouTube. Just search 3of7project. It's a YouTube channel. Subscribe. Watch the podcast. Watch the videos we're going to start having out for you guys. We'll try to do about one a week. We'll try to. No promises there, but that's what we're going to try to hit. Um, Not only the podcast, but with like special-type gear Mm review-type stuff. Mm. Podcast be two a week. Yeah, the the podcast is two a week. We've got Evan editing our video now. With your social gathering. Thank you, Evan. Um, Check him out on Instagram. Join us on Patreon if you want to get in on Resurrected. It's my favorite thing that I do is Resurrected. Mm -hmm. The link's in the show notes of this episode. All right. It's a lot of stuff. Before we start talking about Romans 13, I'm going to give you guys... I might start doing a special segment in these ComChecks where I call out some bull crap that I see. And I'm going to let, if y'all see some bull crap, y'all call, y'all, we'll have a little call out segment. All right? I'm going to call this out because you know why? If y'all can't tell, man, I'm amped up today. I done had two cups of coffee. You are, son. Look, I'm about to call, look, I am sick and tired of what quote unquote influencers that spew a bunch of bull crap out into the world and people go and turn to them and act like what they're saying is, is legit. All right. So let me, here's your little call out section today. And I talked to this, I talked about, so if you're an influencer and you're listening to this podcast, don't talk a bunch of bull crap because I'm going to call you out. All right. This is what I heard last week. And I talked about this on Resurrected. There's a dude, this just like populated on my uh my podcast feed. There's some dude named Jordan Peterson. He has a massive podcast. He's some kind of uh psych psychologist, scientist type of head. You know what I mean? Sounds super intelligent. And I and, and so I'm looking at this episode, he's he's doing, he, the episode is titled, Christianity in the Modern World, and he's having a conversation with one of the leaders of the Catholic Church named Bishop Barron, all right, leader in the Catholic Church, and this Jordan Peterson, his podcast is huge, man, uh, whatever, I'm just saying a lot of people are listening to this dude and trying to glean wisdom from him. And maybe he has a lot of wisdom to offer if we can get him off the topic of Bible, right? But also this guy, Bishop Barron, Barron a leader in the Catholic Church, which is so every Catholic tells me they're Christian. I don't even understand. It's The Catholic Church is mind-boggling to me. But I'm thinking, well, maybe I can gain some insight from this guy and see what they got to say. And I'm listening to this podcast, and I realized very quickly that this guy, Jordan Peterson, and this guy, Baron Bishop, are so, I don't know if smart or intelligent is the word for it. Maybe it is. They're so educated, they're so intelligent, that they have become dumb. It, it, it is blatantly obvious. After What, what it is, is they, they, they cannot take anything at face value. They can no longer see the truth on the surface of any. They can't take anything just as truth, right? Because they're so intelligent. They think there's got to be a deeper meaning or a deeper cause of this. And it's like, no, some things you just take at face value as truth, right? And um, I'm thinking as I go through this, I, I'm thinking about Romans 1 verse 22. They are professing themselves to be wise, but they have become fools, Literally, and then as we go through Second Timothy, you know, we talk about in Second Timothy, we talk about um, what does Second Timothy say about? Um, gosh, I just lost it. We talked about it on Resurrected, but essentially, professing to be wise, they have become fools. I'll have to look up Second Timothy for y'all here in just a second. Was it when uh, everyone was out in the streets babbling and? Yeah, he goes out and says, are you drunk? <sighs> no, no. Second Timothy was Paul talking to Timothy about, Um, hold on, just let me look it up for you guys real quick. You guys didn't, I know you guys didn't listen to this podcast. Let me look at the, look this up for you guys real quick. Um. Well, and you know, you talk about them being so wise, they've become fools, and it, I think it goes back to... Overcomplicating things like you start digging and looking for something that's not there, you're just spinning your tires and complicating it. Okay, here we go. Yeah, ever learning, ever learning, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's what these guys are doing. They're, they're like, they're always learning, but they're never able to come to the knowledge of the truth because they can't take anything at face value. Mm-hmm. And on, in most cases, Truth is simple. It has to be simple so that every human being can understand it. Yeah. All right. Um, and then moving on in Second Timothy, for the time will come when they will end they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Okay. As I listen to this podcast with these heads, they proceed to compare the Bible with other historical writings, such as Shakespeare and Hamlet and many others. They're literally making direct comparisons, saying that Shakespeare's writings contain just as much truth and wisdom as the, as the biblical, um, the, the, the canon, all right, the biblical uh, text. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hold, hold on, dude. You you cannot compare this book to any other writing on earth. And if you do, I'm sorry, but you're 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 wrong. Yeah. All right? Um they go on to say uh, again this this really blew me away. Of course, since they're, you know, they they can't see the truth. They go on to start discussing evolutionary theory and uh i did not know this but the catholic church has now accepted the basic tenets of the evolutionary theory is that what the bishop was saying on there yeah they both agreed on that i mean jordan peterson comes out and says Hey, this is coming from the Pope, right? Like, the Pope says that the Catholic Church, or has said the Catholic Church, has accepted the basic tenets of the evolutionary theory. And this Bishop Barron says, Oh, yeah, of of course he has. Yeah. Well, Well, look, these guys are having a biblical conversation talking about the correlation between Christianity and the modern world, and they start the conversation with saying that they both accept the tenets of the evolutionary theory. The conversation should have stopped right there. Yeah. That they, they they know they can no lo- no longer proceed with any conversation revolving around biblical truth. No, huh? because, because if, the, if Genesis isn't true, the rest of it's not true. That's right. It's either all true or none of it. Yeah. That's it. So if you can't if these cats right here you're starting off telling me the first, the first four or five verses of the Bible are like are just a fable, basically. Then how are you going to proceed with any other conversation about the Bible? You've just created your own religion. is yeah. what you've done. <laughs> exactly. If you take anything out of the book and say, "No, this is an absolute truth," then then none of it's absolute truth. You can't say some of it is and some of it's not. That's right.
1: Well, that's a that's an interesting discussion because, I I mean, the array of people that I've listened to what they had to say. You know, I mean, it includes Jordan Peterson. I've listened to many podcasts. I've listened to the exact one you're talking about. I don't know if you knew that, but and you know, I found it interesting that because Jordan Peterson does not claim to be a Christian, um, but obviously Bishop Barron does, and he's a high level figure in the Catholic Church, and. You know, it was funny the way that conversation was framed because Jordan Peterson seems like somebody who's really searching and, and is really trying to, you know, like you say, thinking a lot. And he, to me, I view him as a person who is not, he doesn't claim to be a Christian, but is trying to, he's searching like many people in this world. He's searching and he's close, but he can't let go of certain things, right? And he can't, and that, you know, it was so, frustrating to me that he had somebody on that could have helped Mm. frame it and helped him maybe understand, but instead, that guy was a –
0: He fed him some bull crap. Yeah, like –
1: I, yeah. (laughs) Because Jordan Peterson, I know why he had some stuff wrong, right? Because he's not even – he doesn't even claim to be a Christian. But what really frustrated me was Bishop Barron, you know, who is this high-level figure – Christian figure. A lot of people listen to him as well. And then he just led him down even a a worse, you know, more confusing path. So, And and, and also did that with the the millions of people watching. So I was really frustrated
0: with that. Um, They might as well be listening to Bishop Bullwinkle. (laughs) Bishop Bullwinkle. If y'all ain't seen that, y'all got to go check that out on YouTube. (laughs) No, I agree with you. I agree with you, Chili. Uh, And I want to tell you as as the listener – if if you are if if you are already a christian but you are trying to make some concession to uh if if you are trying to to make some excuse that for to, to basically sync up the theory of evolution with the biblical account of creation, right? There's all kinds of things out there. The gap theory, the day age theory, all this stuff. No, like just if you're, if you are struggling with the dynamic of the account of creation in the Bible, you need to please stop whatever you're studying right now and turn and start studying that and get that right in your mind. Okay. Because there is a, in my opinion, overwhelming amount of evidence that will point you in the direction of the biblical account of creation. A literal, literal six-day creation. All right. Now, it's gonna you're not gonna find this stuff in the mainstream, all right. You need to look for the science because, guess what, The main, the evolution is mainstream. They want to bury any evidence that points to the literal creation account in the Bible. They want to bury that, right? It's not going to be the first link on Google. Yeah, that's exactly right. So let me recommend some books for you. Um, two books I'm reading right now, uh, just continuously stu- study them more so than read them, uh, both are written by Henry Morse. One is called The Long War Against God. The other one is called Defending the Faith. Defending the Faith. Both of those are wonderful books um, that are going to help you work through this in your mind because you have to, you have to get the first part right in, in this mm-hmm. book that God wrote to us in order to get anything from the rest of it. You really do. I mean, Jesus, Jesus started with Genesis, like when yeah. he when he would share, um, when he would share about God, he started in Genesis and went all the way up through right in his own ministry, and likewise we should start at Genesis. Um. So, anyways, I just had to call that freaking conversation out because it, it was it was so ridiculous yeah and i could hear when these guys would go down these rabbit holes because they again couldn't take anything at face value i could understand where they were trying i mean they were literally trying to make the the case that people who commit suicide are actually seeking the best thing for them they're actually seeking good i'm like this is insane. This is in, insane conversation. Like I can see where you're trying to go, mm-hmm. like but but you're way overthinking everything. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I mean, listen, I've I don't know how many how many hours I've spent in my life, you know, through my background of growing up as a Christian, basically since I was obviously you're not born a Christian, but I mean it was basically that way. That's that's just how I grew up. Um but just over the years, you know, searching different things. And I wanted to not study other things just for no reason, but to study it, to, to be able to defend the faith. That's part of apologetics is, is knowing what, what people who don't believe like you believe. So you can defend it, defend your faith. I mean, that's part of it. You, I think it's important to know what other people believe. And, and there's millions of other theories out there about everything. But, so I've listened to to plenty of people and Jordan Peterson included. and, that's what was so frustrating to me about that episode was, like I said, he is clearly a guy who who has helped many people in, in other ways, right? I mean, you know, his, his advice isn't grounded in the Bible, but other people have been helped. I mean, that's a complicated issue of can, can someone who's not a Christian actually help other people? I mean, he's helped them. You know accomplish certain things in their life i mean it's millions of people it's crazy you know that he has such a following oh, um
0: you can let me yeah. just interject right yeah, there. yeah you're gonna serve god and you're either gonna serve him willingly or you're not gonna yeah or, I, or you're gonna serve him not willingly I mean, but he's going to use you <laughs> for the good
1: yeah i mean that's my opinion too is you can help people in other ways but it just is not rooted in the yeah you know but Regardless, he is someone who's searching, and I think if he could get this figured out, it would be it would help him help even more people, Mm -hmm. and in the right way. But he had someone on who was a Christian and like warped his mind even more. It was such a frustrating thing, Um, and a lot of that does come from, you know, not I mean this is gets controversial, but I'm I don't shy away from that. It's you know is coming from the Pope in the Catholic Church, which there's a lot of problems, and you know I would. I would advise anybody to examine what is coming out of any leaders, influencers mouth, whether they profess to be a Christian or not. Yeah, And that includes leaders in the church who, you know, maybe millions of people think are an elevated figure. It's important to listen to what they say. And sometimes there are people who are in those positions that will say things that do not line up with what you read in the Bible. Just because they're in that position doesn't mean they get the benefit of the doubt.
0: Right. That's Well a good pastor, teacher, anything will say, Don't take my word for it. Right. Go do the research for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. hmm right. There's your call out for for today. And oh, I also encourage any of you guys to call me out. All right. We're gonna I I I I, I think it's high time. I started calling these freaking cats out. So it, hey, call me out, man. If I say something that's freaking out of, out of whack, go for it. You're gonna help me grow. Yeah. All right. So I'm not trying to be mean here. Yeah, no. we
1: don't all know everything. No, that's heck kind no.
0: of. The, I mean, we so, and never will either. That's it. man. So. all right, we're about to dig into uh, Romans 13. Uh, want to let you guys know. We've had two brothers get saved, uh, except Jesus and be baptized within the last five, four or five days. So we're taking back ground. I just want to make a proclamation that there's a bunch of rednecks in a place called Rome, Georgia. That's taking ground, son. We're taking back ground. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. So I'm just making that proclamation. We ain't messing around. Um, Right, I'll leave it at that. This episode was brought to you by Wazoo Survival Gear. If you don't know about Wazoo Survival Gear, you need to go in the show notes, click the link to their website, and check out their products. It's wearable survival gear. We use it every month on the basic course in the wilderness. Shoot, I use it every day? We use it every day. We've got they've got the Cash Cap, which is a hat that you can. Put a bunch of stuff in like little like zip ties like a little compass keys, um, keys cards, whatever. yeah whatever i mean this stuff is very very unique it works i've got my bushcraft bracelet on right now it's a really awesome leather bracelet with a ferro rod attached to it bushcraft necklace so we use this stuff every day we love wazoo survival gear if you want to extend your capabilities and you want to be more prepared uh, for whatever life throws at you, go check Wazoo out. And, um, yeah, they're going to have something you like. They've given us a pro code for 3 7 podcast listeners. It'll be in the show notes of this episode. That'll give you 20% off your orders uh, from Wazoo. You can only find that at 3of7podcast. So thank you, Wazoo, for sponsoring this episode. All right, here we go with Romans 13. Uh, I'll just... I'll just go ahead and read it so you guys know what we're talking about here. And then we'll see we'll see where the conversation goes. I think this is really important uh because as as we continue on down the path that we're continuing on here in here in the United States of America and in the really the first world as a whole, I think this is going to be something that we need to be conscious of and we need to know how to deal with it. All right, Romans 13 Submission to Authorities starts here. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he, the ruler, is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou that do that which is evil, be afraid for he that beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that does evil. All right, so that's pretty much the the basis of Romans 13. We stopped at chapter five. Um, we'll go ahead and start to break this down. Again, we're talking about submitting to authorities. And why are we talking about this? Because the authorities are getting awfully controlling these days, and and there's a lot of laws and mandates and things coming down that we may not necessarily agree with, and especially as Christians. So where do you draw the line? You know, for me, as I read through this Text. I see the first part, and it sounds sounds really scary. Uh, the first part: Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained by God. Now, if it stopped right there, that that'd be pretty hard to swallow. <laughs> because I'm thinking, I'm thinking of like. Hitler and the Third Reich. Like if it stopped right there, <laughs> where do you go from there? You know what I mean? But the beautiful part about this in my mind as as you as you continue to to read through this, you have the realization that in my opinion, and I, I want to hear you guys opinion on it too, as you read through this, this the the part that really uh, makes it not so scary is I realize, starting in verse 3, that Paul is talking about righteous governments or righteous mandates. As he says, for rulers are not a terror to good works. So here he's talking about rulers, these rulers that he's talking about in the first two verses. These rulers are not a terror to good works, all right? So these are rulers that are trying to promote good things, but they are terrors to evil. So these are righteous rulers Paul is talking about. Will thou thou then not be afraid of power? Do that which is good, and you shall have praise of the same. In other words, this is, he goes on continuously and says, if you are a good person, you're not going to have any issues with these good rulers, right? Um, for these good rulers he's talking about, they are the minister of God to thee for good. So in other words, they're there to uphold the good. But if you do that which is evil, you should be afraid. Before, Because these, a, a good ruler doesn't bear the sword in vain. He is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that does evil. So, because of that second portion of Paul's instruction, of God's instruction, um, I see that in my mind, the dynamic here is... Not saying, submit yourself to a tyrant, a communist, a government that's asking you to do something against the will of God, but is asking you to obey a government that is promoting goodness and morality and to uphold a biblical standard. What do you guys think about that? You well, wanna go? there is. Um, I was talking to Paul a while the other day about this a little bit, and so to go back and and you think about submission, and and we read in Genesis one twenty six, where God is giving us dominion over the flesh of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. But it doesn't say anything about humans in there, right? We don't have dominion over other humans. So in order for authority to be in place, there has to be submission, right? Or else there is no authority without submission. And so God has put authority in places with the government, within the church, Within a family, the father is the authority and it takes a submission of a wife in order to have that authority. So there is structure in place and without submission, there is no authority. And it goes back to the chain of command we talk about all the time. And that's essentially, to me, what it is. So I think submission to your government, we read in Romans 13, is right. I thought that was an interesting take that Paul had on that when he was telling me about it. Without submission, there is no authority. So I want to lay that out. But I think that I wish I'd have wrote it down, but I was reading on this, and in the Old Testament, there's a story where God was using an a basically an evil ruler to inflict pain on art, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, on his people who were being disobedient. So in that case, this is a rhetorical question, but was it okay for the people to rise up against and mm-hmm. fight that because God had put that in place purposely? So he had put a... Tyrannical ruler in place, mm-hmm. and now this is Old Testament stuff. So it, you know you can dig into that more, but that's I'm just playing the devil's advocate there, you know. No, I, I, you know, I thought
1: I've thought a lot about this for years because this verse is often used as a battering ram by people who are maybe you'd say naturally more inclined to submit to government authority mm-hmm. I'm a person who that would not be the case for yeah that's me. it I, I I'm a person person who is naturally I would say rebellious uh but I would say not wanting to just lay down when I disagree with something right so this verse this verse this por- portion of the Bible was used when America was founded yeah. right because it was like you know King George in England just keep you know, you see what this verse is saying. It's saying submit to the government. You don't need to try to leave and make a better life for yourself. And and that's interesting. So I'm always really careful when I read stuff. I don't want to make it say what I want it to say.
0: I had to do the same when I was studying this. I thought I had to stop myself because I was looking for things, <laughs> yeah, that would make it okay for me to say you don't have to listen. Right,
1: to. Uh, me too. So that's why it's real hard. But so what I what I like to study is I'm by no means a Expert in the Greek language or linguistics, but I've studied some of that. And the it, it, what, what's so funny is in Romans one thirteen one, the word that sticks out to me is "be subject to," right? Be su- or submit, whatever your translation yeah, says. Be
0: subject to the government. Well, the, the
1: original Greek. This was written by Paul, right? And the original Greek of that word, I'll butcher the pronunciation, but is is hypotasso. OK, and that essentially means maintain order, avoid chaos. OK, mm-hmm. and so I think of another word in the Bible that is maybe similar to that. And you go look at Ephesians six, where it talks about children, obey your parents. And that word is, once again, hypo OK, it's real similar. Right. And it, it, that literally means obey. It means do what they tell you to do. Okay, and it's also using another verse is talking about obey God. Um, you know, and I thought about why didn't Paul use that word? Why didn't he use the, the mm-hmm. word that meant obey? Well, because I don't think he meant obey everything that they say. I, I, don't, I don't think he meant that. I think he meant be subject to maintain order. You know, yeah. the context around this verse is Paul literally had just escaped prison. Yeah. Well, that's kind of interesting, to escape prison and then go write, be subject to governing authorities, right? I mean, I think that's interesting. Peter, later in the Bible, does the exact same thing. He literally escapes his chains and then goes and writes a similar a similar um, letter, okay? And so what I think, once again, I'm trying not to make it just say what I wanted to say, but because of that distinction, I think what Paul is saying is, when you determine that the governing authorities are trying to get to you to do something that goes against God's commands, mm-hmm. you should not do what it says. You shouldn't do it, but you should accept the consequences for those actions. When, because yeah. God has put all rulers in place, whether they're good or bad. Because there's not many good rulers, in my opinion, actually. There's a lot of bad ones. And there's some people who maybe you would say are a good ruler, but they do bad things at times. Nobody's perfect, right? So I think what he's saying is when when they... I mean, there's rulers that have told people throughout history to go worship me or uh, go worship themselves, you know, go worship this idol. You shouldn't do that. But those leaders have been put in place by God, and they have their rules and if you don't obey what they want you to do, you may face punishment. And I think that's what be subject to is. It's to maintain the order, avoid chaos. You're going to have to, in this life, it's not going to be so easy. You may not do what a leader tells you to do because it goes against what God's commands are. And you may may be killed for it. Yeah. You may be put in prison. Yeah. And that's okay. And that's part of it. That's part of God's will, God's plan. And you have to be willing to accept that if you want to live out what God's commands are. Mm-hmm. That's what I. That's how I view this passage. So,
0: you know, I like that. I really like that a lot, Noah. And you know, you brought up a lot Who? of good points. Oh crap! I really like that a lot, Chili. I'll have to edit that out. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and so, like, that's exactly what happened to Daniel when King right. Nebuchadnezzar asked Daniel and, and uh, you know, to to worship him, and he said no, and you know, and, and then let's look at peter in particular in acts how did he respond let's look at this since you brought that up uh peter is basically standing before the high priest which was the government that was in charge of the jewish people during this time uh, in acts uh, the high priest says did we not strictly command you that you should not teach in this name that being jesus's name and behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us, Jesus' blood upon us. Um, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Uh, Interesting. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. So Peter tells them directly when they say, we told you not to teach this. He says, well, in this case, since you're telling me to do something, to obey a rule or a law that is against what Jesus said, no, in this case, we're going to obey Jesus instead of you. And then he throws it right back on him. But you know, the interesting thing is, going back to what Noah said, Peter did this, but he was more than... Oh, man, I said it again. Peter did this, but he was more than willing, quite obviously, to accept the consequences of his actions. And was it was it not Peter? Uh, was it not Peter who was in the Garden of Gethsemane when the... The basically the the religious people came to seize Jesus. Was it not Peter who took a sword out and cut the ear off of one of the soldiers? I think it was. Yeah. A- and Jesus, what did Jesus tell him? Said, "Put your sword. Put your up. sword up, man. This is how it's got to be." That's right. And so the the entire life, even in, in ministry of Jesus, he was obviously going against. What the rulers and authorities were telling him to do—that's mm-hmm. why they crucified him, right? So he was going against it, but he was more than willing to take the punishment and essentially become uh, a sacrifice. Yeah, which is what all of the apostles had to do, also. So all of the apostles throughout their ministry, they were disobeying. Mm-hmm. their governments right because not only the roman government because the roman government viewed caesar as their essentially their god or their king right mm-hmm. and the the disciples were saying no you're not caesar you're not the king and then also defying the jewish rulers so they were defying both uh, both sets of authorities that were in charge in their time directly but they were willing to accept the the price of of that. And that's interesting. Where where I arrived on this was that I said that God had put the authorities in place mm-hmm. to do things. So what well, I mean as far as it pertains to Christianity, why is the government put in place here? And and it's it's not to spread the gospel, it's to create an environment to where we can Function as a yeah, society, where we can yeah. function, we can meet, we can worship God, and when that is no longer, when the the reason that God put that authority in place is no longer serving the purpose that He put it there for, then I think you might have some grounds. and And, and what what I arrived at was when the when disobedience to your government displays submission to Jesus, I think it's okay. Mm. When those two rub together. If your disobedience to what the government's telling you to do displays obedience to the Bible, then I think you got grounds for it. And, and, and God shows us plenty of passages in the Scripture where he blesses that. Let's look at Acts where you just talked about when they said, no, we're going to, we can't do that. What happens? The, the government says, well... We really, we really don't have any grounds to do anything to these guys. God blesses what that they stood up for him because mm-hmm. nothing happened to them. We look in Daniel three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refuse to bow down to the king in their time, and he says, "Whatever you want to do, we're not going to do it." He throws them in the fire, and God blesses their disobedience. Throws them in the fire, and they come out without even a singed hair or the stench of smoke on them. Yeah, yeah. And then Daniel six in the Daniel and the lions den. He doesn't get eaten by the line. I mean, there's countless ones. It in Exodus, the the midwives where they won't kill the baby yeah. that's born, and they they, you know, buck what the government's telling them to do. There's plenty of examples where disobedience to the government displays submission to God and he blesses it. Mm. That's it, man. That's it. I like that a lot, man. Uh And and this commentary in my study Bible kind of goes right along with this, Uh, just the commentary on 13, chapter 1, here in Romans that we're studying. God commands Christians to obey the state, for the state as an institution is ordained and established by God. God has instituted government because in this fallen world, we need certain restraints in order to protect us from the chaos and lawlessness, what Noah mentioned earlier, that is a natural result of sin. The civil government... As the civil government, as does all of life, stands under the law of God. God has ordained the state to be an agent of justice, to restrain evil by punishing the wrongdoer and protect the good of society. Paul describes government as it should be which is what I was talking about in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. When it abandons its proper function, it is no longer from God, nor operating according to his purpose. Yeah. For example, when the state requires something contrary to the word of God, Christians must obey God rather than the other humans. I like what Noah said, but also be willing to accept whatever comes down. Um and uh, it is uh, it is commentary goes on to say it's the duty of all believers to pray for those in authority. So there's one other place in the Bible where this uh, this same essentially this same you know topic is brought up, and uh, we'll look at that real quick. That is in First Peter chapter two, starting in verse thirteen. Here we go. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers. There we go. Again, we see government that is functioning in its proper manner. All right. And for the praise of them who do well. So here. Again, if it would have stopped at verse 13, submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme. If it stopped right there, that's tough. But at 14, it says, or as governors, as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evil evildoers and to the praise of them that do well. Again, that points me back to the fact, oh, Peter here is talking about governments that are functioning properly. All right. I don't know. That's that's again I'm going back to the point I made first right off the bat. So a lot of good stuff in that conversation that you guys can chew on. I think a lot of truth in there. Um Yeah, I think I mean I think that that kind of hits the nail on the head what what Noah said is to don't you still have to recognize the authority if you're going to, God shows it's okay to be disobedient accept, but accept the punishment that they're giving, which is recognizing the authority. Hey, I recognize that you've got authority here, and I recognize I've been obedient. Do what you got to do, but don't pull out your sword and cut the dude's ear off.
1: Well, the model like would be Christ, right? How he accepted death yeah. on the cross. So that, that would be the model is, and he was a blameless man, but still was subject under that You know, I mean that was that was obviously what had to be done, and Mm -hmm. he, you know, and 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 I think it's it's actually good to mention the fact that God, when He blesses you, you know, when you actually disobey the government because you're obeying God, and He brings you out of that, Mm -hmm. and He will do that. But there's also going to come a point where that may not happen, right? Like that's not His plan. Your plan is to accept whatever whatever it may be and then that's the end of your life and you go to be with God in heaven you know that that's
0: so you don't know what the outcome will be i think god but. put those stories in the bible to say i accept that that you it's okay to disobey yeah. the government on my behalf i don't think he put those in there to say i'm going to deliver you from the punishment you might receive every time right i think he put exactly. it in there to show that he blesses that decision yeah. Well, I mean, going back to those examples that you gave, Blake, I mean, the birth of our nation is, 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 is an exact example of one of the biblical accounts that you gave. Uh, we, we as a nation decided to take up arms against a unrighteous and tyrannical government, and God decided to bless this nation, um, and, and now we are America, and although we do not resemble the government at all that was founded in the beginning. Yeah,
1: well, and that goes back to the implications of your choice to blindly follow the government, even when it goes against what God is saying. That that mm-hmm. actually that that's impactful when you do that. That's that's a problem. So, <laughs> it, it, this is not just saying that you know you have to be i don't know it's just it's it's very important that when it when instructions from the government or laws or mandates come from the government that go against what god says it's actually imperative that you do not do what the government is telling you to do or the state or whatever you'd like to say any any earthly power it's actually imperative that you disobey when it goes against what god is saying
0: that uh, i found this on uh Online, this guy named Sam Storms talks a lot about this, and he says, armed revolution is justified only if the state has become totally opposed to the purpose for which God ordained it, and if there is no other recourse available to prevent massive evil. Mm, I think that's pretty good.
1: And Uh, that can be hard for a a people to determine when that is that's right? it
0: that's a judgment call that
1: is hard to determine exactly when that is because some people would say hey it's time for that now in america or you know it was time 10 years ago in america or it's it's gonna be time in 10 years from now but yeah you know when is it too late when is it too early when is it that that's a hard judgment call to make and that's why to the best of your ability you can't you don't make that yourself
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah I agree with that, and you know, this is one of the things that that I just wanted to go. How, how does this apply to us now in real time here? Um, I think we can all think of scenarios, and I think we also need to— We I, I acknowledge the fact that there is no government that is completely righteous. That will only happen— when Jesus Christ establishes his kingdom. All right? So, but finding that line uh like Noah's talking about, you know, it, it is, it's extremely tough, especially for me personally, again as a as a warrior, a freedom fighter, someone that has trained and and went out and executed actual missions against mm-hmm. governments that were evil right and where does our government stand in the light of righteousness as far as the culture that we are in right now and, and I look at it and I and I as you assess the state of our nation our government right now Man, it's just when, when you when you look at the totality of it. First of all, we as a government we have driven Jesus out of every aspect of culture, mm-hmm. every single aspect of culture that uh, here here in America. I don't care if you talk about God, God. The, the government officials, presidents, politicians, they like to use the word God, right? Because God is a general term. Yeah. God could mean Allah. God could mean Poseidon. Poseid- God could mean anything. They have intentionally driven Jesus out of every aspect of culture. Why? Because Jesus is the cornerstone. He is exclusive, right? Yeah, when you come across Jesus, it causes some problems. That's right. You got to figure something out. Um, I look at what is our, what is our government using our resources, uh, taxes. All right. What? Look, man, I've looked up an article. This was, this was in 2015. This was a Forbes article. So this was, this is six years ago. It's hard to find any data on this stuff, obviously, because if, if an unrighteous government is using Tax dollars to support unrighteous acts. They're not going to publicize it, right? It's really hard to find. I find this one data from an article six years old. It says uh, the writer says, as best as I can determine, taxpayers subsidize, subsidize roughly 24% of all abortion costs in the U.S. is borne by the federal taxpayers and the remaining 17.4% is picked up by state taxpayers. If we apply the 24% figure to the total number of abortions, this is the equivalent to taxpayers paying the full cost of 250,000 abortions per year. So our government is using our money, this was six years ago, to murder a quarter million unborn or born children uh which that happens by the way i don't know if people know that but this is yeah i mean this (laughs) yeah this is like holy crap man um you know and this is just a very i mean we could go on and on about this where what what is what is where does our government stand in righteousness but I want to bring it down to is what your government is asking you to do right now against biblical standards or biblical morality. Is it on on, on certain topics that are front and center? This is the thing with the, the, the whole the whole mask thing. In order for us to make a determination of whether or not we should obey these mandates, like this one, just using it as a particular example, can you make a case that this mandate to mask your face is against a biblical standard? In my opinion, I can make a case that masking your face is against a biblical standard. I think I can make a case for that biblically, okay? Um, How about not meeting as a congregation? I think I can make a case that the body of Christ, that the government sending a mandate down, saying that the body of Christ cannot meet, I can make a case that that is biblically... um, like anti, anti-biblical anti standards, right? How about not praising God by singing praise? Mm-hmm. All right, I can make a case that that is not biblical. Which that has been passed down, right? Uh, some church out in California, or maybe more churches out in California, they could meet, but they couldn't sing. Who was it that was telling us that? Oh, I mean, oh, no. More, this is the- this is common knowledge. Yes. This is happening yeah. in more places than just California. California. Um. So as we as we look at these mandates that are being handed down, can we go into the Bible and make a solid case that it is actually against biblical standards and morality to follow that mandate? You have to make that decision for yourself, on the mass thing in particular, because that's what the last podcast was about. We talked about how the we are the light of the world, right? And our joy as Christians, filled with the Holy Spirit, is expressed from our face, right? This is where all of our emotion is seen. This is where our joy is expressed. Our expressions happen here. Now, who lights a lamp and puts a freaking cloth over it or puts it under a shelf mm-hmm. to where it can't give any light it can't give any joy to the world who 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 does that nobody does that we're not we are the light of the world and and again i think that we can pick this apart and i feel confident and maybe you guys don't I feel confident about walking into an establishment and saying wearing this face covering is is totally against the way I believe as a Christian man. Mm-hmm. I I feel confident that I can make a case against that. Well, have any has anybody assessed that for themselves? I mean, are you just pissed off? If you're just pissed off about having to to do this particular thing, that's a totally different scenario than actually saying, okay, I have a case that this is this is stifling what God has asked me to do and be in my life here on earth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know about everywhere, but locally that in the ordinance it says if you have a bona fide, whatever that means, religious reason that you don't want to wear a mask, you don't have to wear it. So, they're passing it down, introducing it under the guise of a medical preventative measure, but they still give the religious exemption, at least locally. That's probably not nationally, but...
1: Why you get so much pushback for, you know, this view is because... I also believe there's a fundamental misunderstanding of the reason that we are being compelled, forced to do these things. Yeah. My opinion on why that is happening is not for medical purposes. That that happens to be what probably 80% of people think it is for. I don't think it's for that.
0: Why don't you just look at the science prior to all of this? I mean...
1: All I'm saying is, you know, blind obedience to the government, to a state, has led to all of the major atrocities that have ever occurred on this planet. And it is always, I won't say always, nearly always a slow fade, a slow progression into that. It does not come all at once. It can, I'm not going to say it can't, but it rarely comes all at once because that increases the likelihood of a successful resistance being put up, a successful and violent, I will say, resistance being put up. So to avoid that, it is typically a slow progression of events, a slow. When I say the word logical, I don't mean this is a good thing or, or anything, but it's it's logical in how it is formulated and how it's set up to get you to the end goal,
0: right? Slow and bearable.
1: Slow and bearable. That's exactly right. It's painfully slow because it is micro adjustments into the end goal. It's, boy, they're patient. I'll give them that. I mean, it is always slow and well thought out.
0: I've heard it put, how do you boil a frog? Yeah, when you exactly. put a frog in a pot, if you cut, cut the heat up, he's going to jump out. That's
1: the same, that's it. Because, like I said, it decreases the likelihood of a resistance, a successful mm-hmm. resistance being put up. So what ends up happening is you have to you you just have to watch when you can clearly see that a group of people are being labeled as and treated as the others. Okay, that that happens every time this happens, every single time. And there are plenty of distinctions right now that you can see a group being the others and then the rest everybody else okay so whether that and and just pay attention that that can be that can be race that's a big one everybody loves to worry about your skin color uh hair color i mean it could be anything right it could be the color of your eyes it could be your gender or your sex biological sex it could be um the decision to put on a face covering or not it could be all those things
0: anything that distinguishes you anything and
1: then once once a group is labeled as the others then they can be they can be systematically isolated right it can be the deniance of refusal to enter a business denied a service okay which that makes life harder to live if you are the others so then you have to move you have to try to formulate a different society or you are forced to move and and all I'm saying is that is the exact playbook that has been used over and over and over again. So you have to be mindful of that. I'm not telling you what to do about it, but if you not pay attention to that, it will happen very slowly and it will happen under your nose. And it will be helped along by other people, other citizens, right? Because it cannot be done solely. But once again, that if it was just... You know your authority figures, a resistance could be so. That's that. That's oh, my rant. No,
0: you're 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 exactly right. I, I just listened to a podcast the other day with a former Navy SEAL that that was born and raised in uh, I want to say it was Poland, um, and actually saw the rise of a a socialist or communist government within his own nation uh, during his childhood and teenage years. And it's exactly the playbook Noah's talking about. He, he he essentially said the 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 government will create so many laws and mandates that they can, if there's someone in the society that's causing a problem, they can get every, they can get you, me, they can get anyone they want on some kind of charge. They yeah. there, there are so many mandates mm-hmm. that if you're causing problems, they can come and get you and lock you away yep. on something. Like, and we have
1: to be real careful. Is when it takes citizen cooperation, it takes it takes you telling on your neighbor for not, yeah, you know you for meeting right, for praising for for, for meeting yeah, and having a gathering where you pray is. and and talk about yeah. So that 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 type of citizenry cooperation based on adherence to the state which Romans 13 is not talking about it's not talking about that kind of adherence that goes against God's word right mm-hmm. so that's where that discernment comes in play because you know if you take that verse to mean obey whatever the government tells me to do then you will and people think this is like extreme or oh you don't get it this stuff is easy to do and it's not we're not they're not telling me to do something crazy it does not happen at once and that's what you have to know it does not happen at once they're not going to overnight start telling you to do something that you think is crazy it'll be it'll get to that over time so if you're not paying attention to how it could get there or how it is rolling out then it'll it'll
0: roll up on you real quick and that's the bigger picture like I would argue that what they're telling us to do is crazy, but it's simple to obey it. It would be simple to put on a mask. That's not hard. They're cheap. Buy you a whole pack of them and put them on. That's simple. Double mask. Yeah, double Double mask. mask. Fashion and protection. It's simple. Get your vaccine. Not to meet. As the body of Christ, Like just stay at home. That's fine. It's probably actually easier, but it's crazy. So the things that they're asking us to do are crazy, in the sense that they are extreme, as it pertains to the Bible, but they're simple things to do, and I think that's what you're saying. Where people get hung up, it's like, yeah, hey, just do it, man. I mean, just someone's asking you to do it. It's it's easier just to go ahead and do it. Look how simple this is. So, look, guys, if you're listening to this, uh, I'm sure you've heard similar conversations on on other on other podcasts. Where we're what what makes this conversation different? is we are trying to come at this from a biblical perspective, okay? Um, I would encourage you to try to do the same thing. You read the same Bible. If you're listening to this, you read the same Bible that I have sitting right here beside me. I would encourage you to search your Bible, search your heart about these things that we are up against. And why is this even important? You know, why shouldn't we just lay down as Christians and say, "Oh, it's all going to end anyways. We 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 know uh, the the God's word tells us it's all it's all going to end anyways. We might as well just just be silent and just uh carry on, right?" No. Uh hey guys, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now I don't care when it's going to end. I don't try to predict when all this is going to be over. I don't try to look as long as I am alive and on the earth. I am going to be pushing forward and taking ground in the name of Jesus. And my ultimate goal with with obviously the help uh, in the, in the, in the in Jesus empowering me and leading me and me following him, my ultimate goal is to change the world, to literally change the culture and to take massive ground in the name of Jesus. Now, he has to make that happen. Like, I have to do the work that he gives me, but he has to send the, mur- the, the work my way and i have to do the work he gives me um but i'm i'm just here to tell you I, I i i how many how many brothers and sisters do you know that just sit back on the couch and say oh man this is the end times well let me just <laughs> l- let me do a little bit of a call out session here <laughs> because how many times have y'all heard... Man, we already did the call out. You going to call <laughs> out again? Listen, if I'm about to talk, you just need to listen. How many times have y'all heard somebody say, Oh, just just live it out in front of them. You know, just just be a Christian. That don't work. Like, if you really be a Christian, that works. But what people are saying is, Just go take care of you and be a Christian. What did Jesus tell the disciples when he sent them out? He told them to go preach. He didn't say, go into these towns and you, just, you, you. just live it out in front of them, and they'll, they'll come around. Sometimes that may work. That's a good example to set, but there's, it's the whole faith without works thing. You show your faith through works. That's what living it out is. It's not just going on willy-nilly. I'm going to obey the commands as good as I can, and I'm going to pay my tithes, and I'm going to do this and that. What works are you doing? Because just live, just being a Christian and and living up to as good a standard as you can don't cut it.
1: What I want to say too, you mentioned, you know, people who sit back because we're in the end times. the The, the funny part about that is, I guess this isn't common knowledge. I've learned, I've I've found that out over over the times, but over the course of my life. But does anybody know? Yes, we are in the end times, right? That's a factual statement, but so was five second, or a second, the moment that Jesus left this earth. Yep. Right? That's yeah, when the end times started. That started the latter days. That yeah. started the latter days. So, yeah, are we closer than we were then? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, right, time has passed, but we're no more in the end times than they were 10 minutes after he left the earth. Yep. So... I mean, and and he and and the word then was it. He is coming again. It is close. He is near. I mean, it's been two thousand years, right? So, but the, he is near. I mean, it's. We're. My point is, is yes, we are in the end times, but it may still be a while, right? And yep. whether it's ten minutes or another thousand years, if you if you lay back, you're
0: not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Move with the purpose. Have some urgency about yourself. That's it, man. I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all, if y'all didn't recognize this yet, none of us that contribute to the 307 podcast are pacifists. I am not a freaking pacifist. I am here to take ground. Yeah. All right? Nor was Jesus a pacifist. He could show deep love and companionship. With the worst sinners of his time, prostitutes, tax, uh, uh, corrupt tax collectors, um, all he. This is, these are the people he spent the most time with. But on the next, uh, on, uh, in the next chapter, he's in the temple, flipping tables over, and telling people to get out. Get, y- y'all are a bunch of turds. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. All right. So we need to have both those dynamics within ourselves right i'm obviously i'm strong on the exhortation side that's the c w v guys the chad Wright version yeah <laughs> uh my wife is a is is the more priestly type she can she's really really great at showing that love and compassion to to you know the 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 people of the world that are extremely lost i'm working to Kind of merge and be be a little more, a little more like Jesus, right? Yeah. A little more like Jesus. All right, you got to have both places, like you, you said. You can go. Mm-hmm. You got to. this time for both. Yeah. So, well, guys, we'll cap it off right there. I think that's a lot for uh, for listeners to chew on. A uh, lot of lot we covered a lot of ground, went a lot of places I didn't think that we were going to go in this podcast. So. Uh, I just want you guys to reach back out to us. Call us out, man. Yeah, look, we have these conversations not to make anyone angry, not to uh, not to stir up any kind of strife. Mm-hmm. We have these conversations because we think that these are important conversations, and we want to hear what you think about it, all right? And, and so I would ask you to give us some feedback, help us grow. And if you thought any portion of this conversation was valuable, I would ask you to please share it with someone. Yeah. Whether that's on social media, whether it's sharing it with someone that you meet in your workplace today, whatever it may be, I would ask you to please share it with someone. Yeah. And huh? and when you're gonna call people out, what we what we're doing here, this it may not sound in a loving tone, but it's out of love for our brothers. That we don't want to be astray, yeah, right. So when when you when you're calling people out, if you just disagree with us and you want to rant about it, I'll be honest, I don't really care to hear from you. But if you got some something that you're gonna say, hey guys, I think you might have got a little bit offline. Because anytime you're gonna put yourself in the arena, you're gonna put yourself out there. There's gonna be people that disagree with you, and that's fine. If you want to say it, I I mean, send it. I don't care. I just ain't gonna read it. But if it's out of love, I want to hear it. 100%. 100%. I want to get better. Yep. You got anything else, Chili? That's it, man. All right, guys. This is the 3-7 Podcast. Enough said.